the state of college education in Missouri and Kansas. On this edition of Deep Background, we'll talk with a leading reporter on that subject here at the Star about the two and four year college challenge and ways to make the system better. Greetings here on Deep Background for, what is today, September 11th, how ah, can I forget, yeah, 2019. Dave Helling with the Star's Editorial Board, my co-host Leah Becerra. Leah, great to have you with us. And Murray Williams with the Star's staff and a great reporter and a great friend of the podcast joining us to talk about uh, Missouri colleges and universities and then broadly maybe all the universities in our area and how they're doing in terms of reputation, which we'll get to in a little bit. But Murray, we wanted to start out by talking about your story concerning um, financial aid for community colleges, right? The so-called A-plus program. Right. Talk to us, how does that program work, and then what did your story say? Well, the program was launched in 1993, so <clears throat> I know there's been a lot of talk about free college across the country, but Missouri has had a program that provides free college for students wanting to go to um, community college for decades. Um, and this program, A+, if a student um, meets certain criteria, they can qualify for this program, which provides tuition dollars enough for them to get their first two years of college and at a community an, college. And an associate degree. And an associate's degree. Right. Yes. So basically, I mean, that's 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 what it, it, it sets forth. And there's a lot of money available for this. But millions. apparently it's not going to the place it needs to go. Right. There's millions of dollars, like something like $39 million or something is what they've given out just in the last year, um, each year. Um, and what happens is the, these criteria that they set up um, were, they were good intentions. Um, they intended to give the money to bright, needy students. Um, and But what has been discovered is that because there is no need-based criteria connected to the money, so it doesn't matter what your family income is, so you can be as wealthy as all get out and still get the money. Right. Um, and so 40% or more than 40% of the dollars actually end up going to students in affluent school right. districts and not to the students in the most needy um, areas. And, and Leah, these... Uh, criteria are pretty interesting because you can see what the idea was behind this, which is good attendance, right? Right. Uh, good grades. If you do the right thing in high school, you can qualify. But I think one of the things Maria reported that surprised uh, Murray reported that surprised me is that um, you know it's difficult for a lot of kids to meet those criteria. Well, one of the other criteria too is that the students have to be at the same school for three years prior to graduating high school. And you have to keep in mind, a lot of high schoolers don't usually have a lot of control over whether or not they can attend one high school over another. You know, parents make those decisions sometimes. Especially in the poorest communities where you have many families who are either homeless or um, are being evicted. Um, there are a number of children who end up moving from house to house, district to district, and so forth because their family is poor. And so poverty is um, a big factor here, which wasn't um, apparently wasn't taken into consideration when some of these criteria were set up. So what's the reaction? I mean, obviously, 
a redesign is probably called for here. Talk to us about that. I mean, I assume lawmakers are going, well, wait a minute, this isn't, the idea isn't to provide tuition assistance to families that can afford it. Right. I mean, that has been, that's been the argument. That's not the main idea. That's not the main idea. I mean, and and, um, that's been the argument. And yes, there has been, I have heard from um, many of um, our areas education advocates about, okay, now they're starting to gather and talk about how they're going to fix this problem. Um, One solution, um, we haven't really talked about this yet, but the poorest children also get federal dollars, Pell Grant money, and the uh, the way A-plus is set up, it only pays for like the first two years of college. And if you get Pell Grant money, you have to use Pell Grant money first. first. Well, some kids don't graduate, most kids don't graduate in four years, it's five or six years. So if you use your Pell Grant money first and you go for four or five years and then you've used up all your Pell Grant money, where are you going to get the money to finish up? The argument is if you could use that A-plus money first, then apply for Pell Grant, you, you would be covered. Yeah. Yes, you would be covered. And so there is a move afoot right now um, in the legislature to uh, adopt a bill that would allow A-plus money to be first in money, meaning, I mean, yes, meaning the money that you use first before your Pell Grant dollars. So that will help the problem. And then there's this discussion about the 95% attendance and the three, you know, three years in one school where they're talking about how they're going to fix that. Yeah. You know, community colleges are actually more important than we know. I mean, I think the assumption is somehow that it's you know, kids who couldn't get into a four-year school or whatever, it's becoming an extraordinarily important part of the educational experience. Right, Murray? And maybe you talk about it, too. Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, <clears throat> considering how expensive college is today, so many kids want to go get their first two years, because the first years of college, anyway, your general Right. Um, requirements, your, your general coursework, right? right. So Remedial it, math in my case. <laughs> right, so you, know, so you could do that. You're not into your, um, your degree area so, <clears throat> uh, or your study field. So you could do that at a community college. On top of that, community colleges have some awesome programs and, um, you know, especially some of this, like, nursing, early medical field and um, those kinds of sciences. So yeah, it is. It's it's not just. It's not like what we used to call junior college. You know, right. we just ju- trying to get oh, started. Yeah. or whatever. That's not it at all. Yeah, and in two thousand eight, after I graduated high school, I went to community college because it was a way to get just what Maria was talking about, the credits that I needed to get done out of the way for less money. Right. And that's a reality for a lot of people. Yep. That, I mean, and so that's and that is why you see this forty percent number um, from uh, affluent communities, where you see their their kids tapping into a plus to get those first two years out of the way at no expense. Yeah, I, I would also add uh, that in addition to helping students, you know, get the first two years out at lower cost, two two years out of the way, they also provide, as Maria suggests, a pretty important programmatic uh, addition to the to the curriculum and I, I, I had a conversation this week with a guy uh, I hope I'm not telling too many stories that I should not tell until I clear it with him but 
they're trying to hire people for the new hotel, the convention hotel, and the Missouri side community colleges lack a hospitality program. Right. They have a pretty robust one, as you know, in Johnson yes, County. Yes, they do. And so there's an effort at Penn Valley to get a, a, a hospitality program up and running to provide cooks and chefs and, and other people connected with uh, hotels and visitors and that type of thing. Extraordinarily important and a all good, people good paying we need. Jobs. Absolutely, yeah. all people we need. Right. I mean, you take, for example, it, this money also pays for technical schools, too. So two years at a technical school. So you talk about like welders and uh, mechanics and people. Carpenters. Who, carpenters and, and right. those kinds of people that we really need in our community uh, to keep our economy going, obviously. Um, and they can do that in two years at a community college. So it is vitally important to the entire higher education system. Yeah, yeah. Do we get a sense that People, we'll take a break after this, but Marie, give us a sense as to whether the political community and the Kansas City community really gets it about community colleges. Because it always seems a little bit like the metropolitan community college system. It seems a bit like a, a stepchild in some of these discussions. Uh, no, you know, I, I do think that people actually get it. I mean, there was a time when they didn't so much, but what happened in 2018 when we went into the recession and people needed to um, change their job skills? Yeah, That's 2008. 2008, yeah, right. right. When um, people needed to change their job skills or bump up their oh. job skills, they went to community colleges and community colleges were flooded. And I think that's when people began to realize the importance of having uh, good, strong community colleges and supporting them. So I do think that that has changed a bit and that people yeah. do get it. Did you, Leah, enjoy your time at community college? Was it helpful? I mean, did you learn what you thought you needed to learn? I, um, well, like I said, I was just trying to get those general classes which, out which of the fine, way, which know. it was one of those things where I felt like I was doing the smartest thing at that point in my life. I was also working a full-time job. Right. And so it's more convenient community yeah. colleges can be. And, you know, sometimes people also have to stay closer to family for a little while, too. So community college give you this whole extra layer of access to things that, I don't know, yeah. maybe legislators just aren't thinking about. I think that's right. And I also think, and Marae, tell me about this. The high school kids take classes at community colleges. That's an extraordinarily important thing to get some of those early classes out of the way before they ever go to a four-year Yeah, I mean, my son did that. I mean, yeah. while he was going to high school, he also went to community college full-time, um, and he got his associate's degree and graduated high school with his associate's Holy degree. Holy mackerel. <clears throat> so, I He's mean, a high achiever, isn't he? Well, but there are a lot. He wasn't the only kid <laughs> doing that. Right. There are a lot of kids who do that. I mean, it's amazing what these kids can accomplish. Yes. You know, but um, so... So yes, there are there are a lot of programs that allow them to get certain college credits while they're in high school so that when they do get to college, they move faster through that. Right. that and system. you can concentrate on the thing you want Absolutely. to concentrate and not taking, you know, calculus or whatever you Absolutely. need to take. All right. Let's take a break when we come back we want to talk about the US news ratings for our local colleges and universities. You're on deep background. Hey there, it's Leah. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you like what you hear, help us support this podcast and the journalism that reporters at the Kansas City Star do every day by subscribing. There's an easy way for you to do it. Head to kansascity.com background. You'll even get a special discount just for being a deep background listener. Subscribing at that URL will get you three months of unlimited digital access for $1.99 total. You get access to KansasCity.com, the e-edition of the newspaper, mobile apps, and more 
for three whole months, and it only cost you $1.99. It's a pretty sweet deal, plus you'll be supporting journalism that makes a difference in Kansas City. So grab your computer or mobile device and go to kansascity.com background. And hey, thanks for listening. Back now with Murray Williams of the Star Staff and my good friend and colleague, Leo Becerra, Dave Howling with the Stars editorial board, where uh, I've been watching, Murray, your Twitter feed this week, and you've been picking up on the U.S. News rankings, which used to be a huge deal yeah. and for colleges and universities, particularly, in fact, the whole deal with U.S. News is that was their sort of gold mine, wasn't Absolutely, it? They yeah. kept, them, kept them alive because this ranking, which they then extended to other areas. Yeah, so they never. rank everything. But schools but, yeah. and colleges were the first thing. So... You know, with the huge grain of salt that there are people who don't think this is a very rigorous approach, how did we do? Well, I mean, we didn't change that much. I mean, we improved a little bit, but see, that's the problem. I mean, most of the time, if you year after year after year, the needle doesn't really move all that much. For any of the uh, colleges. Right, and none of our Harvard schools, is pretty much up there. Right, and, it, and there Stanford, to stay. Yeah, you could probably name the top 10, you yes, know. Yes, top your head. Absolutely. So um, our best school in Missouri was um, Wash U, which is private school. But our publics in the area, they stayed around about 130-ish area. So they didn't even break... Um, the top 100. So, I mean, but that's where they've is been it, for a very long worrisome? time. Should we worry about that? Or is there, a, uh, do we have a sense of whether recent squeezes on higher education, which is undeniable in Kansas and Missouri, both legislatures have put the squeeze on higher ed, um, did that play a role? You know, I would worry about it if they were suddenly dropping into the 200s, you know, but because the fluctuation is just up and down year after year, maybe four or five um, percentage points up or down, it's really not, when you look at margin of error, it's really not that big of a change. So, you know, I don't think it's worrisome. It's just, it's, we're right smack in the middle, which is where we have been. Yeah. And Dave, you're right. I think at the beginning, this ranking in particular was really important and people paid a lot of attention to it, but I think that people who want to go to college now usually have some idea of what they wanna do with their lives. So they're not gonna look at like a general college ranking, they're gonna look at the best schools for what I wanna go into. Yeah, do you, this is helpful because it, <laughs> You know, it's been a long time since I looked at a college catalog, either for myself or my kids even. Um, but but students today really concentrate on their college application process, don't they? I mean, it was really, in my case, when I was a kid, it was sort of, oh, I got to do this now, and we spent a weekend on it, and that was that, and applied, and we got in, and that was fine. But now kids really do compare universities, education tracks, records, that type of thing. I kind of wonder if um, technology doesn't have some role to play in it just because I'm thinking back to when I was in high school researching colleges that had really good journalism programs and um, we could access a website and we had all this data right at our fingertips and it was amazing how much we knew with just one click of a button. And I think with that much more information, 
you know, it gets you a little bit more excited and then you find out that there's a lot of competition right. and then right. you start trying to do all these extra things to make sure that you get into the program so that you want. None of that was available when I was a kid. You had to go to the counselor's yeah. office and get Same the catalog. You know? But, I, you know, Liam made a good point and you talked to, mentioned the competition. I mean, <clears throat> there is so much competition for the best schools. I mean, um, and so that also lends itself to um, people uh Spending so much time and concentrating well, so course, much we have the on, scandal on that. that we're in the middle Absolutely. of, and middle of, you know, parents trying to buy their way in for those kids is a reflection of that. And so, yeah, and you know, the rankings give these schools prestige, right? So, if you're in the top fifty schools, those are the schools that everybody wants to go to because you know they're the most, uh, you know, they have the most prestige because they top this ranking. Even though, if you really look at the rankings and understand how they're put together, it's not that big a deal because a lot of it is self-reported by the institutions anyway right. so um so yeah so you get a lot of competition and but, these but kids no put one, a lot of effort into it right and, and despite the um a lack of uh, uh funding that the schools talk about we don't have any doubts do we Murray, that if you go to ku or mu or any accredited four-year college that if you apply yourself, you're going to get a good education, right? That, I mean, we don't. Nobody yeah. thinks, boy, Missouri is just deficient. They're not teaching, you know, basic skills. Nobody thinks that. No, that's ranking that's true. Aside. You're right. You're right. But in fact, aren't enrollments up at Missouri now? Yes, they're they are. They are, they are bouncing back. Yeah. Yeah. But but you also have to consider that that word prestige. So you know. Take Mizzou, for example, known to be the number one uh, journalism school in the country. Um, somebody goes to, I don't know, some other smaller school that doesn't have that type, type of name recognition, and they may be equally as talented, but the two walk into a newspaper, and one's from Mizzou and one's from some other smaller school, and they tend, the Mizzou student may get the, the nod yeah. simply because they went to what is prestigiously known as the best right the uh, journalism may be a bad example <laughs> maybe, maybe I, so I, I think we're less attuned to where your degree came from than most professions but that's probably true in a lot of other jobs you know engineering or whatever did oh, you right. go to law, a top you know, law, you know did you go to a you know a, a top rank engineering school or yeah not? i remember it being a very big deal when um Rala changed its name for the engineering students that were hoping to go there because the name of the school changed and therefore they thought the prestige of going to that particular engineering school would be somehow different when they got out of college. But, you know, you're right. It's all about what you do with the university, with your time at the school. You just have to work hard and, you know, meet yeah. people. I, I would write and get out and do things and, and use the opportunity. I have to tell a quick anecdote about my own daughter who applied, my elder daughter, who applied to the U University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. I don't know why, but she sort of said, Dad, I'd like to. So we took the trip out uh, for the tour, and it was actually just a fun thing, father-daughter thing. We rented a hotel and went swimming and out nice. to dinner, and it was good. And she was not accepted because we found out later in North Carolina, by law, like 90% of the students have to come from North Carolina. But mm -hmm. we were taking the tour. <laughs> And, and one of the, uh, uh, the people guiding us through sort of talked about how great a school it is, which is fine, and then said, let's face it, you come to North Carolina, you get an Ivy League education for less than that. And I remember thinking specifically, 
won't every school in America tell you the same thing? Absolutely. You know, the idea that somehow the North Carolina education would be better than Kansas or Missouri, or Missouri being better than Iowa or whatever. Basically, at all the state research in universities, if you work hard, do the right thing, you know, you're going to get a good education. These rankings mean more to the institutions themselves than they do they to the general. They fight pretty hard for them, don't they? Work well, hard. I mean, we had a whole story in 2015 about um, UMKC, um, you know, just not telling the truth about where they actually ranked in their uh, business school. I mean, they will go- Not telling the truth to the rankers, right? Right, right. Um, so that they can get a higher rank, that they can be a higher placement. Right. Um, and so, yeah, they will go to, to, to lengths to get a high ranking to be considered the best because that attracts people because they want to go to the best, they say, I went to the yeah. best business school in the country. You know, we talked a little bit about the political environment surrounding community colleges in the first segment. What do we think now about how legislators see the four-year schools? I mean, Missouri particularly was in the sights for a time, but even KU and K-State, and we went through a, you know, a tuition, they, there's a suggestion that tuition be frozen in the Kansas schools, which I think did turn right. out to be the case. Mm -hmm. So so lawmakers are paying attention to the four-year schools too, aren't they? Marie? Well, they are paying attention to the four-year schools, but, but as you know, David, um, the amount of money that higher education gets has diminished Dramatically. Oh, dramatically. Yeah, I mean, it used to be where I think it was like 50-50, um, the amount of money, public money that went into um, higher education, and now it's down to like 23 right. or something right. like that, 23%. Right. So, and the fight for those dollars, of course, makes them pay attention. So, so yeah, they, they definitely are. But there's also a whole movement afoot of people who saying is asking the question is college really necessary and if it is necessary does it need to cost so much well and the corollary to that Leah is does it is it necessary does it need to cost so much and is there a cheaper way of doing it can we do it by computer can, do we need bricks mortar ivy you know basketball teams and keggers on weekends or is there another way to do it, do you get a sense that students uh, uh, are asking that question, or is it still a four-year, you know, let's go move back into the dorm yeah, situation? Yeah, I would, I would guess that a lot yeah. of students. I don't know are why I always ask you that. It's not like you're hanging <laughs> I'm out the with all the freshmen. In the room. That's right. <laughs> um, not anymore, but you're younger than Murray <laughs> and younger than Dave Helling. That's for sure. Yeah, I think I would guess that that students are kind of asking that question of themselves because kind of like we were talking at the beginning of this, everybody's situation is very different and you might need to stay in a certain area. You might have a child that you need to stay close to so online classes make more sense for you. Um, the thing that I like about all these different options is that it ultimately just makes education more accessible. Um, my mother actually got her master's in education, I want to say like two years ago or something like that, and she did it online, and as a result of that, she moved into a higher pay scale, so it ended up helping her too. Right, I mean, it doesn't right. matter if you're young or just going to college for the first time, Correct. or if you're older and you're just trying to make more money. Right, and and of course colleges are trying to take advantage of some, in fact, I think the New York Times has a story about older people moving back into college towns to take classes. But the other thing is is debt, you, you, right, Murray? Oh I mean, you, debt you, you is know, crazy. When, when, Trillions. Right, and you know, even what used to be considered a relatively low cost 
tuition setting mm-hmm. like KU uh, is now twenty twenty five thousand dollars a year if you live on campus, and times four. And if you borrow, I mean, you, you, a lot of kids are getting out with six figure debt and saying to themselves, "Was this really worth?" That was one of the discussions I had with several of the people I interviewed for the A plus story, and the students talking about why they, you know, jumped on A plus and why they worked towards it. it's because they did not want to graduate with that kind of debt. I mean crippling debt for many people. They end up coming out of school with debt and then not really getting the job they thought they were gonna get, so they really can't make those payments, so they go into default, then they can't buy a car or a house. I mean, so it is crippling. And 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 nobody doubts that the cost of going to a four-year institution has outstripped inflation over many, many years. (laughs) It's one of the first stories I ever wrote for the student newspaper when I was in college, is how tuition rates and inflation just separate if you look at the chart. And so kids are getting out with six-figure debt, which will take forever to pay off. But I also don't want to diminish the need and part of your development and growth as a young person is the socialization and that's another issue and for some students being on a campus away from mom and dad um, you know trying to make a go of it for yourself is vital to their development. I mean so when we hire people, we're not just hiring somebody who knows how to do the calculations for engineering, but you want someone who can work um, with other people with other and people. take direction Absolutely. and understand And some of that kids don't get until they get to college. So there's the college experience itself is equally as important for some. Some can do it at their desk at home and do online classes, but there are young people who need that yeah. too. I guess the key warning here is when you're doing all that socialization, don't post those pictures on your Facebook account <laughs> That's right. so that right. a future employer can go back That's and right. look at it. All right, Moray Williams, thank you so much for coming in and talking about two- and four-year schools. It's such an important thing and uh, such an important uh, discussion in our community about ways to keep higher education robust. And Leah Becerra, my co-host, thanks so much for being in as well. Dave Helling with the STARS Editorial Board, and thank you for joining us very much. You've been on Deep Background.